When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, I, the, I've hit record. Music? Are you happy? Play I've hit record. Music. Yes. I'll, I'll play the goddamn music. We, I hit we record. Had, we, had good, we had good podcasting material, and usually you are recording. And it wasn't now, that good yet. Like, like we, 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 we scratched the surface. We, we were fine. We warmed up. We warmed up. It's As fine. you would say, it was fine. It's true. If that was it, that's then this podcast- a, That's not a positive if, thing, though. If what we did before hitting record was it, then this week's episode is going to suck. So we'll yeah, be better than that. Well, you we, might have to carry the water. That's all I'm saying. I, I can carry the water. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's practical now. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Rhythm Morales, the biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. What is up? It is a beautiful Tuesday, a February Tuesday, February 13th, 2024, for historical purposes. This is the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. You can find me on your social medias at Greg DeMarco44. This show is part of the ChairShot Radio Network. You can find ChairShot.com and at ChairShot Media. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And of course... On the podcast, as he always is, is the guy who apparently doesn't even like pro wrestling at all, doesn't care, and that is no, the hey, wrestling realist, Patrick. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. The Mrs. The, the lovely and talented Mrs. <laughs> O'Dowd, before I went down to podcast tonight, was like, don't be so loud. And I'm like, sweetheart, 
it's okay. lovely and talented, Mrs. O'Dowd. It's a passionate sport. And she went, it's not a sport. And I went, sports entertainment. <laughs> Two things and that people are very passionate about merged into one. That's double, right. Double that's the why I'm on this network as much as I am, I, I suppose. But I still like wrestling. I just don't like, I'm tired and exhausted. Like, we are we are still, what, a month and a half away? We still have I think it's like 50 some days away, yeah. And I am exhausted by my peers, by my not peers, the people we normally, you know, chastise on these internet airwaves. Like, who cares at this point? Like, who cares what was quote unquote supposed to happen? If if you want to wear your, you know, your tinfoil hat with Cody Rhodes, who cares? What the damn story is at this point. Quit trying to trying to like untangle the knot and just let the fucking story happen. Like I love, I love that we don't have a goddamn clue. I hate that everybody's trying to act like they have a clue. Like that, no. Stop. Just stop acting like you know, because you don't know. You don't know. And it's dumb for you to keep trying to act like you know. You're not smart. Hell, I I actually feel bad for Meltzer right now because that dude, <laughs> he's not even he's not even making predictions, Greg. He's not even saying what's up, and people are like, "Well, Dave said this." And like, I feel for the guy. Dave doesn't know, and if anybody, if if the ultimate dude who pretends to know doesn't know, like let it, like you, nobody knows. I'm just I'm I'm heavily sports entertained right now by you, and and your 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 stuff. So first off, you can find more of this or less of it at Wrestling Realist on your social media. That's W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T for the Wrestling Realist Patrick O'Dowd. So it's funny that you don't want the the speculation that you're tired of the reporting or whatever when. And, and it's stupid that people pay, what, eleven ninety nine for Dave Meltzer's service or whatever. The but you pay money for college football recruiting. You don't even know if these kids are ever going to see the field. But yet you get information on your sports team, your college team. To me, it's the same thing. Is it, though? It is. It is, absolutely is. Is. Is, getting, is getting news that a kid recruited, or like a kid joined your program and you get news articles about your team? Yeah, yeah. That, Just wait like, and see if he can't. plays, Patrick. Just wait till they play the games. Right, that, I do that. That's, but the, you also the, follow along before they play the games. Well, I follow practice to see how the team might be. Like this isn't that that is such an apples to pomegranate. No, argument, it's not. Dude. It's very it much. So it's at least hey, apples and oranges. Okay. Like they're at least no, no. a little more closely okay. related. So Greg DeMarco, everybody, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Greg DeMarco sent me a meme, by the way, that is Greg on the internet. I love it. To wit, to wit, was it your Zodiac sign? It was about Aquarius, <laughs> which is my sign. My birthday's Friday. <laughs> But yeah, it, it basically is, is, is a million people standing there and the one Aquarius looking at all of them and it just says, yes, you all are wrong. 
And that's that's me to a T in a lot of ways. Like, and, and you're having this moment right now because this is not the same comparison, man. It's like, absolutely the same comparison. I, I am going I, to encourage the friends that you are complaining about. with you, sir. I'm going to encourage the friends that you you are complaining about here at the Chair Shot Radio Network to listen to the opening minutes of this program and determine if these things are similar. Um, I will say that there are similarities. People follow sports from the inside as much as they can. People follow wrestling from the inside as much as they can. I think both are kind of stupid, but I actually listen to both, right? I listen to people talk about sports and podcasts, and I listen to people talk about wrestling and podcasts. I think the difference is, it, it's, it just comes down to preference. You want to watch wrestling just to watch it. But sports, True. you want to get more into it in a different way. Like, you're into both of them. You love both of them. You just want to consume them differently. And that's fine. I could, I, I've tried to, like, follow recruiting and all that stuff, and I can't get into it. But I can follow the bullshit about wrestling and the things that people say and the things that are true and the things that are not true. And I can get into it. It's just different ways of consuming stuff. And honestly, neither of them are wrong. You're being super judgmental and telling people they're wrong for following the stuff about wrestling. And no, I'd say it's, I said I'm exhausted. I don't give a shit if you do it. It's just exhausting true. for me to read as you flood my fucking. Don't put words in my mouth, sir. <laughs> don't put words in my mouth. You don't get to do that. No, of course I do. It's my so show. You hear the opening? Like, it's my show. It is your show. This but is, this is, I, I see, this is better. It. This is way better than the stuff that we were talking about before we press record. Way better than the stuff. <laughs> PC Tunney is going to love this because he hates when people disagree all the time. So he, he is going to love this. I will say this, right? For, for, for college football recruiting, which is what I was talking about, there are up periods of the year and there are down periods of the year, right? There are times where you probably focus way more on the things that these people are reporting than not. It's WrestleMania season. Like this is the key period of the year for these idiots online who report on wrestling. And yeah, a lot of it's a joke, but I understand why they do it. They do it because people click on it. Like that's the problem. Until people oh, sure. stop clicking like on it, they're not going to stop because Dave Meltzer still makes his living off of this. And there's God, there's this one. I don't even know if it's the one that I sent you. Um, where, where I, I basically said like, oh yeah, I, I sent you one article and I said, these idiots will do anything to create the aura of credibility. And this guy is like, I don't even know who this guy is. He's never quoted as a reporter. He's never quoted as an insider. And he's like, like the people I talked to in creative said this. And the people that talked to the negative reaction caused this. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I know I said fuck too much last week. Who the hell are you? And you said fuck a lot last I week. I did apparently. You did too, but not as much as I did. I, I won the fuck award last week. Um But and that I, title. It's like what you it's it's that aura they're trying to create it because it does pay off. And and I and because people will still buy into it. And and it's you know the wrestling version of a sucker is born every day is, is very simple, you know, and it, it's not even wrestling, but people will believe anything if they want it to be true. And that's why most of the reporting will tell you that, you know, Cody Rhodes was going to lose a spot and, and the negative reaction caused WWE change course. If the IWC hated Cody Rhodes, 
they'd be reporting that Cody went to Triple H and Triple H and The Rock don't like each other and they forced their hand and 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 the board said no Rock like we brought you on but not for this and so and 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 you know and, and Cody is is really being a big crybaby and and like it would be the same situation just from a different perspective but that wouldn't get him the clicks because people don't want that to be true they want the fact that Cody's the hero and the internet saved him to be true I guess Cody was a damsel in distress, and the internet wrestling fan was the was the hero that saved the damsel yeah, in distress. It, that, that, we've talked about this before. Oh because yeah, because this is this is that idea of ownership of the product, like that the fans feel like they have greater ownership of professional wrestling and what happens behind the scenes than than they really do. Like, and it's fans. To be clear, yes, companies listen to you and hear your cheers and hear your boos and what you like and what you don't like, but you don't really sway as much as you think you sway. I actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned this because I just thought of um, uh, something I tweeted about a week or so ago. See if I can, I don't tweet a lot unless it's about, you know, sports, so... I tweeted about the tweeted about the Super Bowl, tweeted about my basketball team getting beat up by Michigan State. Um, oh, here it is on February 9th. The idea that the WWE completely rewrote all plans for WrestleMania main events in less than a week due to fan freakouts is implausible at best. You just reminded me of something that I wanted to look at. So I'm glad you brought this up because you're 100 percent right. What was the date of the Royal Rumble? Was it January 27th? Yes, because it was okay. right before UMass was still not open for some reason. Okay, so January 27th was the date of the Royal Rumble, right? We are now February 13th, so that is one, two... So it was two and a half weeks ago was the Royal Rumble, okay? I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Right. So if you watch the WrestleMania press conference, which is unlike anything they've truly ever done before... Um, if they pull pieces from boxing, they pull pieces from MMA. It's no surprise these things are happening after TKO was formed and their merge with the UFC. Pat McAfee was one of the hosts of this show with Michael Cole. They had the they had the panel. I really enjoyed it. It was just different. I enjoy different when people do different in wrestling. I like it. That's why when I pop in SummerSlam and they're entering through the crowd and not a big stage, I'm like, cool. I'm glad there's not a stage. Like I'm tired of seeing stages. I fucking see stages all the time. And but that's just a thing that everyone wants stages in wrestling, and I'm stupid. But Pat McAfee was talking about the experience, and oh, I went there, and they threw this whole thing together. And then he talked to me. He's like, yeah, I talked to somebody, and they said, yeah, we had to throw this whole thing together in four weeks. So that press conference was thrown together in four weeks, which would include a week and a half before the Royal Rumble. Yeah. So, obviously, they didn't have to course correct, as people have said, and they love using that phrase right now, course correct, and and reverse course and change because of the fan. Because this was the plan. Like, the press conference was planned a month ago, a month before it happened, and... And that and that was Pat McAfee on Friday. So so that was four weeks from Friday. So that was two full weeks before the Royal Rumble, because that was when he said it on his show. Because that pe- when I heard that, I was like, four weeks, interesting, because. 
the internet would make you think they turned this thing around really quick because they had to fix it. They had to fix the yeah, issue. Everything was broken because CM Punk got hurt, and that was the change. There's also allegedly some video I've seen floating around of like Punk. I don't know if he's like congratulating Cody or something backstage. I well, there's one after the Rumble where there where Co- where he tells Cody, and I've seen the footage. He just says, "Just tells Cody go finish your story." Oh, maybe that's what it is. And maybe Punk knew he was hurt. Maybe whatever. I really don't. I honestly, especially watching Punk during the press conference, I don't think he cares about that stuff anymore. I really do think his experience at AEW made him just appreciate the opportunity to be involved in pro wrestling more. I don't think he cares about main eventing WrestleMania. I don't think he cares about. I think I, he's over a lot. He's probably on the phone right now reconciling with Colt Cabana. Like, I really do think the guy realizes I, I, this was honestly, all Honestly, of all the things that, of all the bridges I would love to see him mend, the bridge with Colt Cabana would be one I would like to see him mend. That's just, I really just, that was such I an feel ugly like situation. I don't know. I, I And I said it from the beginning. Like, the moment I saw him at Survivor Series, I was like, he really does seem like he changed. Like, I'm normally good to read of people. Not always, but normally. And and everything he said since then, like I think, I think he's in his last thing, right? Well, he, he's in and, his. And you, and you just to, to quote all the kids these days, he's in his "I appreciate wrestling" era. Like that's what he's in right, right now. And, and it's funny because you you flip that script to the to the other company, right? Where two of the what are, what are their titles? What are the Bucks executive? Titles? Well, they all, they only say EVP, but executive vice president. So your your executive vice presidents of AEW uh, are busy turning what whatever beef was going on between them and the Punk as part of their character and angle, and like for what for what gain does it get outside of your own entertainment and ego, and, and to get your fan base to be like ooh insider, like like inside baseball, right. Like it's it's just that's that kids is why like people want to be like the young bucks would never work for the WWE blah 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 one they would they would they would take the check I'm sure two they right now they would get fired from the WWE they're they're still the rockers uh, before before they came back and then Marty well, Jannetty just continued to be Marty Jannetty so true. Like, I think that they, they not would not the drunken party thing but just the incredibly immature. Um, behavior thing like and like this angle in my opinion regardless of whether you love it or hate it, i think it's a very immature angle i think it's very silly i think it's dumb to leverage your your cm punk backstage news into this persona and character that you've moved forward with this we must be more professional uh, executive vice presidents purging sting apparently because sting was the problem um, it's just they're doing uh, it's more of AEW trying to be like WWE WWE is taking fan reactions fan statements and infusing it into an angle those fan reaction and fan statements that the WWE purposely elicited from them whereas AEW is taking fan criticism fan reaction of the Young Bucks and turning it into something and, and it's funny is that people think the Young Bucks are brilliant for what they're doing but yet laugh at WWE for the fans changing him. When if the fans changed anything, the fans changed the Young Bucks persona in AEW. Fans didn't change right. a damn thing in WWE, but they probably, the fans actually created this character in AEW. 
But the fans don't want credit for that because they want to give the Young Bucks and Tony Khan credit for it because it's the Young Bucks and Tony Khan. It's just asinine. It, it really is very, very backwards. And and we can talk about some dynamite and stuff as well. Because um, I went to dynamite last week, and so we'll talk about that. Um, Congratulations. It was, it was, well, I, I won't even say the the rest of the sentence that begins with it was until we get there because I don't want to give it away. So okay. we'll go to commercial. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about dynamite. We'll see where the thing takes us. And, and, and we may, I have an idea for a list that came into my head as Patrick O'Dowd was, was complaining about me complaining. So I have an idea for a list and it will be a good one. If we even do it, who knows? I shouldn't have teased it, but we'll find out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. I said we'll find out because we literally got 20 minutes out of that, what we were doing at the beginning of the show. It's because you accused me of... I don't know. You comparing a recruiting website that says this guy visited Illinois on an official visit. Struck a nerve. Struck it. And, and just, it's not an, like I don't know. It's apples to pomegranates. I'm still wow. sticking with pomegranates. You can say oranges and stand in front of your crowd of people. And it might just be right. different types of apples. To be honest with you, like no, I, they're I, really not at all. Okay. What mm. is actually grounded in fact, like? The webs, at least the website I follow, like the one website I subscribe to, which all it all it really does, and it's because the guy's a good reporter. Like he's a like he's very he's he he has a high level of integrity. He won't report on shit. Unless you don't he knows need to defend true. this person that we don't even no, know. I'm defending. I'm defending your perception of what I pay money for, sir. Like that's <laughs> all I'm saying. Like I'm if, not your wife. Greg, I'm not it, in the checkbook. Not that anyone uses if checkbooks it's a, anymore. If it says Greg DeMarco is on the University of Illinois campus on this website, Greg DeMarco is on the University of Illinois. Campus. I am now going to make it my personal mission to get this guy to report that I am on campus. Then he's I not. won't be on campus. I know, like, he like he's not. I know he he's not. I, I and now, now if you know, top rated place kicker, little right. DeMarco were on campus. That might True. get reported. True. They don't report on D2. <laughs> stuff like that. And well, NAIA no, stuff it's just, like that. It's hilarious because Illinois actually wastes scholarships. Or they don't waste They spend scholarships on kickers. Like, it's the weirdest thing ever. I don't think it's a waste, but I'm, I'm biased. I mean, it's you're biased. 
Absolutely. You, you also recognize the game of college football. And a lot of those are usually partial scholarships or walk-ons to start. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's why, that's why you're, about that's your why when your kid has enough money to get an academic scholarship, you're very happy. So yeah, yeah. enough brains to get an academic scholarship, I should say. You're very happy. So let's talk a little bit of AEW because they did go to Dynamite last Wednesday and, and it was up in the air if I'd get to go. Patrick was very much encouraging me to go. And and I went to Dynamite. And I do want to detail the experience. Um, Dynamite begins at 6 p.m. local time for us here. We're mountain time right now in Arizona. If you don't know, Arizona, we don't move our clocks. So we become Pacific in March, become mountain in November. I'm not telling this to Patrick. He's known this for 16. I guess I've been here for almost 18 years now. But So he's known this. But um, So I go. So, so they start at 5 where they're taping Ring of Honor. And to their credit, they actually start like five minutes early, which was kind of crazy. Um, and they record one straight up singles match, women's match, and then four straight up singles matches for the women that were all part of the World Women's Television Championship Tournament. That That's the ring of honor that we got. And sitting two rows behind me were people whose name I won't share. Um, just because it's not fair to them. And, I, and I'm getting messages from them, which starts off with, Look at the fucking mark, two rows in front of me, and and replied with, "Look at the fucking marks, two rows behind me." Um, and I get a message from one of them, just says, "You look bored," and I'm like, "Look what we're watching! Like, look what we're watching right now. We're, we're watching. We don't know who half these people are. We have no reason to care. They haven't even shown a picture of the title. Like, do, go like watch an episode of Ring of Honor or find some YouTube highlights." Look at the stage in the background. They made that shit on Canva. Like, it looks like a Canva template that they use to make the Ring of Honor graphics. Like, not the Dynamite graphics. Those look like wrestling graphics from a decade ago. But they look like wrestling graphics. But it's it's just like, it really looks like, and, and no one even pays attention to Ring of Honor anymore. But... It was just random, random four random matches and to, to, you know, advance in tournament. And great, these four people advance. And I'm sure if you watch the product at the end, it'll be it'll good. And they record Ring of Honor at both Dynamite and Collision. And so they piece it together. Like, just do it all at Collision because you've already got Dynamite and Rampage. That's three hours. It's a four-hour taping, whereas Collision is just a two-hour show plus Ring of Honor. Like... Just do all of Ring of Honor with Collision. Like, save yourself some money on travel. Like, I just don't understand. But it's not my company, so whatever. Then we go, then Tony Khan comes out because we still have about 15 minutes before Dynamite starts, and and they're changing the set around. Just, just you know, they're, they're changing the ring aprons and all that kind of stuff. And and he's just talking, and he's like, encourage you to come to Rampage. And 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 you sent me a message about Tony Khan's big announcement. Tony Khan making his big announcement. They probably did it in like 12 takes. Because he's very calm, he's very whatever. Tony Khan talking to the live arena is still cocaine Tony Khan that everybody makes fun of. <laughs> like he's yelling, he's like, We love Phoenix. We're gonna do a pay-per-view here someday. Stick around for a rampage. Some of our biggest stars, doesn't name a single one of them. Some of our biggest stars. Like a year ago when I went to Dynamite, they told us wh- who was gonna be on a rampage. This time they didn't tell us shit about Rampage till we saw it. Like literally nothing. And, and, and so we, and it reminiscent of, of a SmackDown taping I went to a few years ago, right before COVID that I'll talk about. But so we, I mean, opening match, everyone knows Swerve versus Hangman. Um, 
I voiced my displeasure with the way certain things played out on Twitter to the point where I had to mute the tweets because I was just so tired of the responses. Because, you know, I, I dared question Tony Khan's booking. Um, match itself was good. Like, like match was really good. Phoenix is definitely Swerve's house. Like, he is he is the babyface in all of this. Swerve. I was a huge fan of Swerve in Lucha Underground. Huge fan of him in NXT and on the main roster. And a big fan of him here. Like, I, I do love what they're doing with Swerve. And I very much enjoyed that. 30-minute time limit draw. Most people figured there would be no winner. They had at one point advertised Joe was going to be there. Joe was not there. Um, it's okay. Edge was in the front center of the, all the advertisements. No Edge. Um, last year it was Sting was in the front center of the advertisements and no Sting. We got Sting this year um, in a historic capacity. But it, it, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it live. I don't really know how it came off on TV. I watched it, but I was working. But live, it, it was very much enjoyable. So... I have no no complaints about Hangman versus Swerve. You don't watch AEW all that much. So when you watch it and it's this Hangman versus Swerve match that everybody loves and everybody's raving about their feud, how going into a match like that, what are you even thinking, looking for? What? Uh I was looking for a good match first. Like I if I if I'm told these are the top two competitors for Joe's title, uh Watching that without having any other context to what had been going on recently, yeah, I would have been like, "Oh well, Swerve must be the one really getting the push, and, right. and is like the the favored one to to be going one on one with Joe." Like I know who, like I know who, I knew who Hangman was. Yeah, I knew he'd been champion before. He was a former champ. I, you know, I couldn't tell you what his current gimmick was. I could tell you he leaned up a bit since the last time I saw him. He looked yeah, he's beefed a little up more too. defined. Yeah, he just looked. He did not look like if Patrick O'Dowd were a wrestler. Yeah, um, no, no. which and that's not a you know I'm not saying that as a, a knock uh, on him. Now well, I think it's as good. as Dave Meltzer has told us, AEW doesn't test. I'm not saying he's on anything. I'm just saying they don't test. That's right? They don't. But test. but yeah, and, and so if if without knowing any other context as to whether Adam Page had kind of had the same sort of build that Swerve was having, uh, unless this and it seemed like this part of the story at the end was that Swerve was had to beat Adam in order to get in on, on this title shot. And so when it went to a draw, that was when Paige kind of walks away and, and is like, no, no, you didn't beat me. And then you get the announcement that it'll be what the triple threat, I think is, or whatever. The three yeah. Way. Three way. They don't. They, yeah. And, and it was, you know, Swerve was number one. Hangman was number two in the rankings. So yeah, it was, it was a fine match though. Like, did it change my life? Um, no, I, I also None just don't like shit. the general structure that I see out of a lot of AEW matches. Like I don't love necessarily. I, and again, this is going to make it sound like I'm this big AEW guy, but I went and tried to watch old ROH, like the stuff mm -hmm. that we used to really lose our shit over now or back in the day. And it was funny because as I watched it, the stuff I used to love, I don't really love so much anymore because a lot of what I see seems to be two guys trying to get to the next thing that they want to do mm -hmm. as opposed to something that looks like it's built together and, and, you know, 
as we would say, tells a story in the ring as to why we got to where it was. Now, that's not to say that all matches were like that in Ring of Honor, and it's not even to say that all matches are like that in AEW. But part of what I really noticed was there was a lot of Swerve hits a bunch of big shit, then Paige gets up after after his his little turn. It's like, okay, now it's my turn to do a bunch of shit. And then Swerve gets up. Like It was a lot of that until we got to Endgame, where then it became about Swerve trying to finish off Hangman and get and get the outright win. So yeah. they did a lot of good things in the ring. I didn't see how they fit together very well as, as a match, other than they did a lot of really cool looking, like good looking things in the ring. Live, I mean, it definitely worked. I, there are elements that I understood that I got. The biggest pop of the match, not anything involving table, not whatever, is Swerve hitting Hangman's move, like when he hit the buckshot. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because one, there, there's like this, this that came through on the tele telecast. There's like five trademark WWE drone criticisms that AEW fans will go to, and it's always like he's not a draw. I'm talking about AEW signing somebody. They weren't any good here. And one of them is better buckshot than Hangman because of Logan Paul, who hits a better buckshot than Hangman. Swerve also hits a better buckshot than Hangman. Like, Hangman might need to change his finisher because everybody else does it better than him. Um, but when Swerve hit it, I mean, people went went absolutely crazy. Um, it was what it was. The finish, the, the, the promo felt weird because why is number two laughing at number one because now he doesn't get a time. Right. They shouldn't have been a number one contender match. You have rankings for a reason, and Swerve was number one. Had they been tied for number one? And here's the thing. Swerve went through like this whole big tournament, the Continental Classic, had his major matches with Hangman, beat Hangman twice. But as everybody will tell you, the ranking started at the first of the year. So none of that shit matters. Only what has happened this year thus far. Why was Hangman two and Swerve one? I don't even know. I don't even know what caused him to choose that. Adam Copeland is number three, and he's wrestling lower card guys. So I don't know. So, yeah, so that's the thing is you can't just, you just, you just can't do that. that you just steeped out part of this WWE's drone, WWE drones problem with AEW that you, you did a thing and it basically negated every, like the, like what you've done to build this dude. Right. Uh, in a way, yeah, and sure, he's still in a title match, but now he's in a title match with number two. And like as you said, like what what did Hangman really do to deserve that? Uh, it goes right. back to my like my big. The last time I tried to watch this shit and got mad, or not mad, but it was just highly critical of, and th- and they're gonna do it again, guys, kids. I'm telling you right now, you wait, come Boston, Mercedes Monet is gonna debut, and he and she's going to defeat. Deanna Parazzo for the AEW Women's World Championship because that's what happens. They they don't they don't do the long game well at right, all no. at all. And it's just weak sauce. Sorry. No, I, I I agree. She will be their champion, not the night of her debut, but she will definitely be their champion if Parazzo no, wins the title with, at Revolution. With I, within what four months? Oh, most definitely tops. May Tops. probably the May pay per view probably is when she'll be yeah unless they do put her the TBS title on her which they probably could because they don't do anything with Julia Hart anyway so do you think they drop money at both the beginning and the end of the show I do yes 
That's how I have fantasy booked it. I know how much you love fantasy booking. Like, well, I, debut, that's, why, that's why I set that up for you. You debut like, Mercedes at the beginning of the show. And then, because she's not going to be a surprise to anybody. And then you have everybody spending two hours wondering if Okada is going to show up. And then he shows up at the end. That's that's what I would do. But who knows? What do I know? I, I um, hate that that's where it's going. Yeah, it's, but, all, it's all good. So I mean, the man, the man can make his money. Go make your money, dude. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. Yeah, I mean, it's choice. But I just, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm sure it's, I, it's, I guess it's, it's I'm disappointed because having to move and maybe, it's, it's, yeah. and maybe he still gets there someday, I'm sure. but he think of how he, yeah, just, it's so, so huge, so many huge opportunities, but whatever. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm, I'm all over the place tonight. It's okay. It's all right. You're, you're allowed to be. So let's fast forward just to the very next match. Which is the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Daniel Bryan Danielson, and Claudio Castagnoli versus the three dudes from CMLL. And people are like, it's it's any Dro and somebody else and, and Hechinero. I can't remember his uh, name. He was very over, I will tell you that. It's the guy who wrestled Danielson last week in a one on one match as well. Um Yeah, it was uh Hechichiro, Volador Jr. and Mascara Dorada. Right, who was Grand Metalik in, in WWE, I believe. Yeah. Um, either way, eh, there's no reason for these luchadors to be there other than the CMLL relationship. And oh, no, they no, haven't no. done no, anything no, to John tell Moxley us. got beat down last But why? Week. Oh, because reasons. Right. Reasons. And then Brian Danielson defended or defeated, sorry, the Alchemist of Lucha last Saturday. Yes. And Claudio. And that guy was the most entertaining insane. guy. The Alchemist of Lucha was the most entertaining guy in that match, to be honest with you. Like, he really was good. And when, um, and when Hichichiro turned out to be a sore loser, Claudio made the same, like, so, well, okay. And then three more luchadors showed up, and they started fighting, and Christopher well, Daniels Mystico, led a bunch of wrestlers down on the ring. Yeah, because Mystico wrestled on on Rampage, and I was so excited to see Mystico come out to wrestle Matt Seidel. That's when I went home. So, yeah, because um, I was like, there's two more matches. They're not telling me what they are. I was only staying to see if they would use more local talent. They used two local talents on ROH, and that was it. And uh, they used two local talents on Dynamite or on Rampage, and they weren't even local. They were from Vegas. And one of the two local talents on ROH is from California. So they used one local talent on this entire show. Um, but that's not having Dark, because last year they used like 12 because of Dark. So, um, But anyway, I, I do love, like, John Moxie does bring a certain level of energy entering through the crowd the way he does. It's, it's, he is one of the best things about AEW for me. This match though, like all the Lucha stuff. And you talked about it before we started, we went on air, like the Lucha, when Luchadors work with Luchadors, they understand the spots. The the styles are so different when American style brawl, you know, technicians and, and, and these, these basically, Pseudo MMA fighters is, is what the Blackpool Combat Club is, you know, combat sport fighters. Wrestle luchadors, like you're gonna have that because that's how that's truly apples and pomegranates. Like they just don't, it's oil and water in the ring. Like it just doesn't work sometimes. And it just didn't mix at all. Um, but there was a spot where John Moxley literally moved 10 feet to put himself in position for a luchador to jump off of him and onto Daniel Bryan Danielson. And that pissed me off to no end because it was John Moxley who's like supposed to be this tough grit bleed all the time guy. Why are you doing that, John Moxley? Like, I could get Daniel Bryan Danielson doing it. I could get 
Claudio Castagnoli doing it, but I can't get John Moxley doing it. When I saw that, I was just like dumbfounded, and I, I noticed it live, right? And and I just could not believe like that he was that he was doing that. It was good. I will say this: that match, whatever. Um, Tony Storm had her match. Diana Parrazzo on commentary. It went exactly how you would assume it was going to go. Oh, by the way, Tony Khan makes his big announcement about a mega show in Boston. Everybody in the arena was like, why do we care? We're in Phoenix, not in Boston. But it, it, it's not even that. Like, everybody knew yeah. they were going to Boston. Like, he said in his announcement, he was like, as was announced earlier today, blah, blah, blah. Right. It was just to, just to tell everybody the name of the show to tease yeah. Mercedes. And like, WWE makes okay. announcements like that all the time. But they're not this crazy hyped major announcement. No, they don't. They just make the announcement. If Tony Khan just made the announcement, nobody would get upset about it. But he has to have a lower third saying Tony Khan will make a major announcement. And then he didn't announce what they thought he was going to announce. He only announced half of it. Like, and it sold like 5,700 tickets so far, which 5,700 was the number that was in Phoenix. So the Boston event's going to do well. Good for them. It's it's, a business. It's, yeah, it's TD Bank Garden. Um, Nice arena. I've, I've been to a concert there. In fact, uh, I would go so far as to pull what you said to me. I think you should go. I uh, think I will say this: seeing AEW live and seeing it on TV are two very different things. More oh, so sure. than WWE live and WWE on TV. Like the disparity between the experience live and the experience on television. In some cases, you go see WWE live, and it's like. I would have been, when I went to SmackDown the year before last, and there were only three matches during the show, and it was the one right before Money in the Bank that was in Vegas, um, and it was like right at when Vin, the Vin, it was like the first show that Vince didn't walk out at and and try to right. slap everybody in the face. Um, so it was twenty twenty two, and and I left that show thinking I should have watched that one on television. But I didn't feel that way yeah. about Dynamite last year. I didn't feel that way about Raw last year. I didn't feel that way about Dynamite this year. Um, Raw's here in a few weeks. Uh, maybe I'll go or SmackDown. One of them's here in a few weeks. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I don't. I don't know. Um, but the seeing AEW live is definitely something that is is worth it. The crowd, the energy is there. I would imagine Boston is going. They've had some bad crowds. I would imagine Boston is going to be a crazy good crowd. Phoenix oh, was a crazy too. Crowd. I know plenty of people that are very very excited about uh, the show at TD Garden. Yeah, well, I'll be blunt, man. Part of it is going to fucking TD garden. Like right, that's a pain yeah. in the ass. I would imagine. Um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, looking here, like there's still some seats in of the course. rings. Like I could get ringside. They're 1000. Well, they're probably resale. $1 and 50 cents for Are they red or blue. They're probably for... red. Yeah. They're resale. No, they're, I mean, no, this is blue. It's probably still resale. Ticketmaster. Now. Oh, it's absolutely, it's absolutely resale. Yeah. The, um, the balcony sections are basically what's what's really available right now. Like, just uh, ah, the balcony, the thing not used in Phoenix at all. So, or maybe they did use it. Well, on the I don't know. I mean, credit where credits due. A balcony seat in a basketball arena—that's not yeah. terrible. No, not at all. Not at all. Like I said, my seat was great. I didn't pay for it. My seat—that's like twenty some bucks. Yeah. The problem with the Phoenix tickets. Oh my god, I don't remember if I talked about this or not on air. They had $20 tickets in Phoenix, but only if you bought two. And when you went to buy the tickets, and when you went to buy the tickets, it automatically checked off the preferred seating option, which was buying at least two. 
So when you right. found one ticket and you wanted to buy it, it would pop up and tell you you can't. And and some of the tickets were only available if you were buying two. This is what they. This is how they inflate their numbers that no one wants to th- hear about. This is what they did with all out, with all in. Excuse me, in London, where you literally had to buy a four for one ticket pack to buy your ticket, so they could say they sold all these tickets, but really they didn't. There's a, there is a lot of that. I mean, cause it's not. I don't want to. I just want to put this out there. That's not unique to AEW, right? Like I've had that happen with concerts. Like mm-hmm. when I like the last time I went and saw Queen at the Garden. Uh, and I was planning on going with friends anyway, so it was right. easy, but it automatically sets you at two and, and you have to, f- it takes a shit ton of work to like, be like, yeah, you have no, to go no, into the filters, uncheck the preferred option, refresh. Yeah. I'm, I'm a loser with no friends. I just <laughs> want to go to a show by myself. Right. So, um, yeah, which I was there by myself right. and, and I ended up talking to the guy next to me who was there by himself too. And he might come to see IZW. Well, who knows? What's so. what's funny is is that I um like I, I'll go to other things by myself like I have no yeah. problem with it. No, it's no. really it's really a, the getting to the garden if unless I take the tea all the way in, which it has its own right. set of annoyances. It's a it's a real pain in the ass. Now the nice thing about taking the tea in to the garden is that there is a st- station literally underneath the right. tea. You just get out and you go into the garden. So and they have that too for the light rail. For the footprint center, I drove, parked up the street, fed a bunch of change into a meter, and and went like I really went old school. Um, nice. Look at this you. area. This area behind the footprint center is where a lot of people don't go and park, and you can actually find parking there pretty easily. Um, and I, and every time I finish, I didn't put enough money in the meter, I never get a ticket, which means I'll get one next time. But whatever. Um, yep. So I do want to go. Jericho wrestled um, Kanosuke Takeshita. And, uh, and last year, that's actually where I ended yeah. my viewing. Last year, Takeshita was on Dark Wrestling. I don't even remember who. And this year, Takeshita, like, he is one that I would actually like to see them push. Like, he is really good. He now has his character, the Alpha. It's his big dragon. It looks great. He looks cool. He's. I really enjoyed seeing him and, and was happy with that. Um, then we had Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Very impressed with, by the way. Like, Big Bill is... I kind of want to go back to WWE, but that's just me. Um, they were just seeming... For a tag team that was thrown together and seemingly had to win the tag titles from FTR because of a court gun issue, they were doing really well. Everyone knew they were going to lose to Sting and Darby Allen. And then, of course, Sting comes out. Everybody goes crazy. Sting jumped off the rafters at one point on a bunch of people. And... And Sting was stinging and doing, and he does that in every match now in AEW. Sting was wearing a long sleeve T-shirt with the Scorpion logo on it, and like these black pants. And as I posted on Twitter, Sting was wrestling in Sting pajamas, is what it looked like to me. Um, but he's almost done, and and the Young Bucks attacked Sting after the match and and did their corporate thing, and that's where that's a very polarizing move that the Young Bucks have done recently. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't mind it. I don't think it's needed because it's Sting's last match and they're trying to build a story around Sting's last match and the Bucks are trying to make it about the right. tag titles and, and they'll win the tag titles and it'll be fine. It'll be Sting's last. Sting wanted to work the Young Bucks in his last match from what all accounts are, but he didn't want to win the tag titles from from, from accounts, but that's something that they wanted to involve in it. It didn't bother me as much as it bothered a lot of other people. When you say didn't bother you, what do you mean didn't bother you? 
I got it from the jump. I'm not supposed to like the Young Bucks. And I don't like sure. the Young Bucks. And yeah. and and do I know that they're just pl- you know using the internet stuff and and trying to be cute and smart when really they're not? Yeah, I get it. But I've never liked the Young Bucks. Like like they've always had punchable faces. They're now just in, it's like what Drew McIntyre's doing in WWE. He's finally letting himself be a heel. They're also letting themselves be heels. Like, did they need to bloody the hell out of Sting and Darby Allen with white suits on? No. But as soon as they came out with white suits, you knew they were going to do that. And Moxley hadn't bled in anyway, so somebody had to bleed. So, because AEW. So I, I got it. I understood what they're doing. It was easy enough for me to just be like, okay, I'll wait for this to be over. Now, when they came out for their Rampage match, I was like, oh, look at this. Young Bucks are on Rampage. But again, they were on Rampage last year in Phoenix, too. This year it was a two-minute match. Last year it was like 30, and they had to edit it for television. But, yeah, I just it just doesn't bother me as much as it bothers a lot of people. So... When you say like a when you say a lot of people, are you talking like in your feed, your thread, like commentators? Because there's definitely the commentators. There's the Bischoffs of the world. There's people on. Well, because my Twitter Bischoff, thread, my the Twitter Bischoff's feed thing was was he because we talked about this. Like, like if we were yeah. to talk about the Bischoff thing, like the dude fully admitted, like he doesn't follow the product very well at all. And so his and he he got under Conrad Thompson's skin because when Conrad Thompson explained the story, he was like, "Okay, I don't really like that story." And Conrad was like, "But why?" And, and that was just kind of funny. It was like, "Dude, he just told you why. He doesn't think it's the great story. He doesn't think it's the best story they could tell." He's like, "He he he gets what the motivation was, but he's like, it's kind of flimsy. Like, it's not the best motivation, <laughs> like." Like, but Conrad Thompson was like so desperate for him to like just love it, and he's like, "Well," and then they explained it all. They explained it. All right, we are back. So we had a little technical issue, um, caught right in the middle. I don't know if maybe be somebody, somebody, you know, Conrad Thompson didn't like what Patrick Goodad was saying and sent some drones <laughs> after us and and caused a, a, a glitch in the system, but. We are back. You, the listener, experiences nothing, but we had a few minutes of, of me trying to figure out what the heck happened. So, Patrick O'Dowd was telling us that Eric Bischoff, not happy with the the program as was laid out for him by Conrad Thompson regarding the Young Bucks and Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah, his and I will say the the one fault I had with Bischoff's sort of complaint is he was just like where was where was Ric Flair, and I get it like because of the history there, but Ric Flair's also nine hundred years old and like is he needed needed not necessarily I I would say that what happened and what I really feel just knowing what I know about the angle and how it's been laying out is right now it's fine it's a fine angle it's. It'll get you to where you need to go. Uh, and it fits with what the Young Bucks are doing with their with their characters. It's going to allow Sting to, to go out. I, I do think that, like, I know he wanted, wanted to work his last match with the Young Bucks. You know, nobody, nobody really gains anything by him, you know, eating a pin 
to the young bucks, like, like in that sort of old school, pass the torch sort of way. But I also think that's an archaic way of thinking in that, like, while I understand it, I also think that, you know, when you're sting, you kind of have the right to go out how you want to, who you want to, like, that's totally fine. So yeah, I like, I'm not pissed off or angry about it. I also think that like some of the folks that have been critical of it haven't really been like, Oh my God, I hate this so much as, Oh, it's just not, it's not their playlist. So they don't find it impressive. It's very true. I think there's a lot of that, you know, go away heat that people like to claim, um, attached to the young bucks right now, which to me tells me they're doing something right. At least, um, but you're right. Like it is fine. Here's the thing. Like there's only like fifteen thousand tickets for this show in March. Like in right, Greensboro yeah. for Sing's retirement. Like, and that's just me leaning that, on business. Um, when that when was the one. That was the other dig that I was like, all right, Eric, because because Conrad was like, they've sold all these tickets, and Eric's like, yeah, are they are they buying those tickets for the story or because it's Sting's last match? Well, they're buying it because it's Sting's last match. Right, <laughs> but we knew that ahead of time. Then they built the story. People right. are buying. People bought all these tickets to WrestleMania before a single fucking thing was announced. They bought the tickets because it's WrestleMania. Right. Then the story comes later. That's people buy our tickets in IZW day of the show prior. We sell out our front row tickets. They may know one thing for the next show. That that's normal. That's what you want. Trust me. In in a business like, right. if WWE didn't start selling their Royal Rumble tickets or their WrestleMania tickets till after the Royal Rumble, they'd be real scared about how WrestleMania Absolutely. was going to turn right. out. So, um, so that that's Eric is definitely slanted against AEW. Like, let's be perfectly. Oh, honest. oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He is. He he is, and and it's fine. It's it's whatever. It's, I haven't listened to it yet, so it is what it is. Um. I'm fine with the whole Young Bucks thing. It, it's just the biggest thing that I hated about the Sting Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill, Bill match was that Ricky Starks and Big Bill were finally starting to do well as a tag team that was thrown together. Like they actually did work well together, and and I'm worried that they're not going to have anything to do now because that's AEW, right? That's what they do once people once people go away. Uh, funny story: the the last match of Rampage, which I wasn't there for. Did feature the former Paige Soraya in the match. They didn't even bother to announce that she was going to be there. Like, like uh, that would have been... And, and to be fair, most people were staying for Rampage and they started leaving during Rampage. But um, when I left at the start of match number three of Rampage, there were four total. Part of it was like, I'm going to get out of here. No crowds, no nothing. Get to the car. Like, on my way home before they're done. Didn't even know what right. match I was going to miss. Um, so so it was, it was what it was. Here... I will say this, and and this has been my biggest criticism. I feel like I'm alone in this, and and, and I don't think that you would say I'm alone, but you're not going to care as much about this as I do. I was watching Raw today, catching up on it. Okay. And they, yeah. they start doing this, this weird camera shot from the corner of the arena. I think it's so they can get the WrestleMania sign in the shot as well as the ring and everything. Yeah, yeah. And I looked at it, and I noticed, like, you have the video boards on the backside of the ring that are caught by the hard cam. You have the video ring apron that, that faces the hard cam. You have the one that faces the stage. And I noticed during Dynamite, AEW now has the exact same thing. They have video boards around the backside of the ring. Their commentators are now facing the stage like WWE's are. They have a video board on the front. They have a video board on the side. They have the stage with a ramp. Like That's been my biggest criticism all along. 
And, and, and I, no one else agrees with me. I'm telling you, if they were to watch a UFC pay-per-view and steal their presentation, more people would watch because right now they're just not different. The entering product is different. Some ways it's better. Right. Some ways it's far worse. The talent is obviously different and, but, but everything else, it's like a ring, video boards, a stage, commentators over here, lights shooting up from, from the, like it's literally, and I didn't even, it didn't even hit me. I was like, when did they start doing the video boards around the ring? When did they start doing the video boards for the aprons? Like it was Tony watching raw one day. I was like, we should have that too. Like it, it's still, they're still <laughs> trying to be, they're still trying to do WWE better than WWE does. And that's my biggest problem, to be honest with you. Stop trying yeah. to do out do, out WWE the WWE because you're never going to. Yes, I said I the do, WWE. I do like so. Here's I, I. You talk about things that AEW. I do like some of the things that AEW does to promote Dynamite. Like I appreciate. I don't like the Tony Khan tweets. I think the Tony right. Khan tweets are dumb. But I do like that. As bad as it sounds, I like that we get the entire card in a graphic every week right. from AEW, from All Elite Wrestling. Like right now, I'm looking at, and I can see the entire card rundown. Basically, I'm assuming this is pretty much going to be the match order slash show order, too. Maybe we'll hear from Hangman Joe and Swerve is going to be the, the crossover, right. hour one, hour two. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if... I were to tune in tomorrow, which I'm not, but if I were to tune in tomorrow, that I would start with Sky Blue taking on Willow Nightingale. I would be followed by the Bucks taking on Top Flight. That, oh, we won't. This probably is the order of the show because then we have Tony Storm's uh, newest film premiere, Wet Ink, whatever that is, where she will um, be accompanied by that bald dude and Mariah May, who is now just Lutha? a backup singer until she gets her push. And somehow she's uh, number five in their rankings, by the way. Mariah May. Who, Mariah May? Yeah. Because she, cause she showed up and gets criticized by Tony Storm. Good job, Mariah. She's won like two matches. Um, well. Dax, Dax Hardwood against John Moxley. That seems like Mexicans are going to interrupt it because we're well, in Texas. Well, Har- well, Moxley, well, FTR is wrestling – Claudio and Mox. That's what they're setting up is SCR versus Claudio and Mox. They, they started setting that up on collision on Saturday. Oh, well, so far as of this graphic sent three right. minutes ago on my Twitter feed, that's not what I'm seeing. So, okay. I get a surprise. Then we get a Texas death match, which I'm, I'm okay against. They're doing the Texas death match. Yeah. It's orange Cassidy taking on Matt Taven because everybody wants to see some Matt Taven. Uh, or, so, so wait a minute. Okay. Orange Cassidy is defending his international, formerly, you know, uh, what was the hell was it called? I don't remember what it was called. Basically, it's the ripoff of the Intercontinental title. Um, right. He's defending it against Roderick Strong at the pay per view. So we are using right. a Texas Death Match as part of our storytelling to the pay per view match. We are using a Texas Death Match as part of our. And we just so did a listener, Texas death match last I just fall. want you to pull I just want you to notice who's the one that was critical here because all I did was read off matches oh oh yeah Are no you, no I, I I'm I call it as I see it and I'm seeing it and and so I'm calling and it. then and then we will ahead of their aew world championship three-way match at I can't read it revolution 
Uh, yeah. Though I, with that green color in the graphic, I'm like evolution revolution. Anyway, we'll hear from hangman Joe and swerve. I'm sure that'll break down. I'm sure nothing will go wrong in that before we get a main event of Adam Copeland and Daniel Garcia. Cool. I am so glad that's not the dynamite that I went to. I am so happy. Like, like cool. Because they think about it, we've complained about it, but the dynamite I went to had Hangman versus Swerve, Jericho versus Takeshita, it had Sting and Darby Allen challenging for the tag titles, it had Tony Storm versus Red Velvet, and it had the the tag match, six the, the trios match for the Blackpool Combat Club and CMLL. No in ring promos, no we'll hear from anybody, no none of that. Like last year, I had five matches, two in ring promos. This year, I had five matches, no in ring promos. It was kind of like a special edition of Dynamite that I went to. Almost like a Clash of the Champions-esque. So so I, I'm very thankful for that. Here's why I'm going off the handle when you talk about the Texas Deathmatch. Swerve beat Hangman Page in a Texas Deathmatch last November in AEW. Where they were drinking each other's blood. Got all kinds of you know opinions and it's very polarizing. Why in the hell would you do another one five months later that can never possibly live up to what the last one did? Because you're in Texas, I get it, but don't. Just just don't. Well they couldn't they couldn't do a bull rope they couldn't do a bull rope match because that happened this this week on the other brand, so um Ooh, maybe we can start that rumor that WWE did a bull rope match because they heard AEW's gonna do one. They wanted to beat him too. I mean Sure, sure. Um I don't know that, that we sound, need to do that. That one. sounds like some Arizona indie wrestling shit that would happen, but all right. Um, so, I'm so glad that that's not the that that's, that's not the dynamite I went to. I am so glad when you read off that card, like I, I mean, so plans could change. Nah, they're not. But they're not gonna, they, but they often do that. One thing you I I don't remember the last time Dynamite has had a match that was set up during the show. Like sometimes on Raw, you'll have a match that gets set, gets set up by a promo or whatever. They they've gone away from it a little bit recently, but I don't know if that's ever happened in AEW. Because you got to go one on one with Undertaker, and and maybe that's part of their shtick and what they don't want to do. I don't know, but yeah, it's just basically because he's a matchmaker. He's making matches, and and they go whatever. I don't even know. So yeah, we talked about AEW. You happy? We talked about AEW. I, I am. I still like. I still don't get it. I still try to get it. It's still not my thing. Um, I appreciate the fact you try to get it. Hopefully, people can appreciate the fact that I went, that you tried to get it. All of that. Um, I'm more. I'm more interested in the fact that Dijak wants people to like his uh, X tweet post, and if he gets it to ten thousand, he'll throw Joe Gacy in a river. That sounds exciting. You should go like that post, Greg. He's only at five thousand right now, so oh, I'll he needs to like help. It, he, needs, he needs your like, sir. I love me some NXT, so you know I, I will do that. Um, I will say this: I, I just I don't know that we're gonna be in a different place a year from now for AEW. Like, I just the crowds are low; they're between two and three thousand. Yep. Phoenix drew 5,700, but this week's Dynamite is is maybe going to hit 3,000. Um, Boston might hit eight or 9,000, given given where they're at right now and, and what they're building towards. But I, I just don't think 
anything's going to, you know, everyone loves to use the phrase, move the needle, right? But but you can move the needle for one event, but, but it, will anything cause long-term consistent? And at this point, you need growth to get back to where you were. But not that they're, I want to say dig themselves out of a hole, because I don't think the crowds are as bad as people talk about. Um, I think they've looked good on TV. Then they drew like 9,000 in Phoenix last year or 7,000, whatever. So the crowds have gone down year over year, but like they still look fine on television for me. They're still, they don't show you the hard camera side that everybody takes pictures of on TV. It's just what they show on Twitter. Um, so I'm fine with all that, but I just don't know how you turn it around. I really don't. Other than my idea of just change the entire freaking presentation. So you are truly an alternative and not just trying to do WWE better than WWE. That's the biggest thing I would change right now. I I think in ring, they are an alternative, maybe not a good alternative to some people, but to others, it's an amazing alternative, but it's just, it's just presented the same way. And that's my biggest problem with it. Like be different. Just, just completely flip the script. Film from a different angle. Just move, change, enter through the crowd. Like again, rip off the UFC because you will be different. <laughs> you, you'll be different, and and I think that'll be appreciated. And then people will be flipping through the channels. They'll be like, "Wait, this is actually something different. This isn't bad WWE. This is something different than WWE." It's just that. Um, I, I, I want to go. Um, maybe oh. maybe the booking needs to change. I don't know. I hear Scott Demore is available. Tony's never going to give up the booking. No, he's, he's not. just not. Not until he physically has. Which, to. which which is one part of the problem, by the way. I do want to. Oh, I'm gonna go to commercial right now. We're gonna come back, and I got one more thing to ask you about. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. You talked earlier about you went back and watched some old Ring of Honor that used to drive us crazy in a good way, right? We loved it, we wanted to see it, we wanted. More and more and more, as much as we get all the DVDs, we go to the shows that were around us, all, all things Ring of Honor. Now you watch it and you're just like, my God, this is terrible. Like, there's so many, like, they're just going from spot to spot. And this, but here's the thing Sorry. when we first discovered Ring of Honor, it was like, oh, something different. We don't see this on television. It was a movement. You go there, there's all this energy in the crowd. There, there's, these people are doing these athletic feats that we don't see. We now see those wrestlers that we saw in Ring of Honor in WWE, on AEW. They've toned down their style because they have to. And now we want it. We got to the point where we saw so much spot fest wrestling in Ring of Honor that we wanted something different and we wanted storytelling with athleticism, which is what we get now in WWE. So I think that's why we loved it so much at the time was because it was fresh. It was different. It was a complete 180 from what we've been watching our entire human lives up to that point. And we're like, okay, something different, something. And, and now it just, it, it, it became old and it was no longer different anymore. And, and I think that's why some people love AEW and, and some of us just don't think it's different. Um, but, but I do, I think that's why we loved it so much back then, but maybe not so much now. I haven't watched old ring of honor in a really long time. And maybe I should. Here- to see what I think. Here's one of the things I'll say. 
the good stuff still kind of, the the good stuff that I enjoy and look back at look back on fondly that we tell like the greatest night in the history of our sport like I can still watch that and like it's what the good the good ROH work is still really good but there's a lot of bad in there and and a lot of stuff that reminds you of what Ring of Honor was. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but I like I I this is gonna sound like blasphemy, but um there's there's some Cole Cabana stuff that I'm just like, dude, I hate this. Like I don't like this anymore. Curry man? Curry man? Doing the kid and play dance with, with Jay Lethal? Oh come on. Like it's that was... fun, but now I'm like now I'm like I'm, I'm an old man get off my lawn. I'm like ah rats. That um, was meant for the crowd. It is, and, and it's not. And you know, and I'm exaggerating a little bit, but like, and some of it was the talent that people are working with. Like, some of it is you know wrestlers who weren't the the strongest and weren't going to go anywhere. Like, being but we were okay with that back then because we knew what was coming up right. next. Nowadays, it's like if there are ten matches on a card and one is not so great, people are like, "Well, this sucked." And right, but really I'm, I'm rewatching Joe. I was actually re- rewatching Joe versus Kabashi, yeah. uh, because and and that's where, we, if we ever get back to doing the list, that's where that all started. Is because yeah. Ring of Honor had this habit during that era for certain matches. Dave Prezak would just be like, "The action speaks for itself," and then and then they would go away and they just wouldn't talk. And Joe versus Kabashi, like, there's no commentary. They're like, we're just going to let the match happen. But, um, and that's an overrated match. We've talked about it before. Like, you take the crowd out of it, and it's not quite the same Yeah, but experience. you can't take the crowd out of it. Like, it's still good uh, for for the, the chop fest that it is. But there there's a lot, there were a lot of matches. I, I sat there, like, there was a Claudio Castagnoli match. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, guys. I don't know. He also got to remember where they were at the time right. when in their careers. So it's I get it. It's different times, different era. Um, seeing guys cutting their teeth. Uh, well, it's it, interesting. I, I will say this: Azrael was never going to make it. I want to. I want to talk about the greatest night in the history of our sport, real quick. We we've talked about it at length in the past, but yeah. I just I, I want to do a little experiment that I thought about and thought would be fun to do. So here we go. Um, let's, let's then take a look at this experiment and see how it turns out. Do you, can you, can you keep track? Do you have, you have something in front of you to keep track with? I can open up a word document. Basically what I want to keep track of is the total number of wrestlers that I'm going to name. And then out of that, how many of them made it to TV? Okay, so blank document. Let's do it. All right, so opener. And we're talking about the, we're not doing the dark matches. Um, Velocity. Wow, Bob, Bobby Dempsey. Um, opener, Jimmy Rave with Prince Nana defeats Milano Collection AT. All right? Three people in that match, counting the manager. Two of them made it to television. Okay, that's two. But also three in your total column. Do you want me to keep track of the total? No, I can do that. Okay. So I'll go three slash 
two. Yeah, at this I point, agree. nobody's listening, but I don't care. Um, next match: Colt Cabana defeats Azriel, which was supposed to be. It wasn't Ali, that was supposed to be somebody else? Azriel was a fill-in for someone. Um, right. I don't remember who that was, but um, AJ Styles. It was supposed to be AJ yes. Styles. Um, Colt Cabana obviously made it to television. Azriel did not. Next match, Nigel McGuinness defeats Claudio Castagnoli by DQ. Dusty finish for the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. Two guys, both yep. made it to television. Alex Shelley defeats Steve... Alex Shelley with Prince Nana. We already counted Nana, but Alex Shelley defeats Steve Carino. Carino was an ECW world champion, so he counts as like someone who quote-unquote made it. Alex Shelley, of course, made television. Most recently was the TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Four-corner survival match. Jay Lethal, BJ Whitmer, Christopher Daniels, Samoa Joe. Four for four on that one. Ricky did Reyes. Whitmore, where did Whitmore end up on TV? Oh, God, you're right. Whitmer didn't end up on TV. Good call. He yeah. worked backstage for AEW. I don't know if he still does. But no, you're right. You're right. Whitmer never made it. You thought he would have had like at least a run on TNA. Ricky Reyes versus Davey Andrews, I'm not counting. Because that was basically like a pre-show match that they did right after intermission. It wasn't even really on right. the DVD. Tag title match. Students? Huh? That's where, didn't the Aries come out and like yell at him or something? Yeah, he yelled at Ricky Reyes. And then that led to, of course, Austin Aries and Roderick Strong defeating Sal Renaro and Tony Mamaluke. Three for four on on that one. Um, do, you, do you count NWA power? I do not. No, because that was a lower oh, sorry, level than Sal, what I'm Sorry, Sal. I tried. From. I tried, man. No. Sal, Sal's biggest thing was selling merch for TNA. Brian Danielson versus Naomichi Marafuji. Two for two. We're, we're going to, we're going to count Marafuji. All right. He's a big star in Japan. Last match, of course, Kenta defeats Loki. Both made a TV and WWE, both there. So how many to, how many made it to television and how many total? Five, eight, eleven. Sorry. 11, 13, 15 made it to television, 16, 17, 18 total. 83% of the people who we saw on the main card of Final Battle, 2005, made it to television. It's quite an Including accomplishment. one who main evented WrestleMania multiple times. Indeed. That's why we loved it. We were literally watching the future. If we were to go back and look at, we went to the second Respect as Earned pay-per-view in Philly. We saw Seth Rollins. We saw Brian Daniels. We saw Austin Aries. We saw Roderick Strong. We saw all these people who ended, David Richards, who ended up making it to television. Eddie Edwards, who made it to television. Like, all these people who made it to television. When I watch Ring of Honor now, I don't see all these people who are eventually going to make the television. Like in in well, te- te- technically they make it to an internet streaming right, but different different era. But it's like, right. and maybe some of them will, and we'll be surprised. But there's a reason why that was lightning in a bottle the way it was, because of of where those talents were. Uh, there wasn't an AEW at the time. There was a TNA, but there still is a TNA. It's back, but it was just very different. So to me, that's where I almost it's it's hard to even compare that Ring of Honor to anything and and. And be like, why don't we like this now? Why do we like that? It was just, it was kind of like ECW in, in that it was time and place. It worked. 
WWE never should have brought back ECW and AEW probably never should have brought back Ring of Honor. So that that's, you know, and it's funny because they often refer to WWE CW, but no one ever says AEW Ring of Honor with, with a bad taste in their mouth. Why? Because it's AEW. And that might be the title of this week's episode, Patrick Redoubt. Why? Because it's AEW. So There you go. Hour and 15 minutes later. We've even a little technical snafu. We appreciate you listening. Go follow Patrick O'Dowd to see all the college football and college basketball content and NHL content you want at wrestling. Hey, baseball Realist. season. Pitcher, pitchers, oh, yeah. and, pitchers and catchers reported today. Damn it. I, w- I will definitely be at a spring training game at some point. Um, nice. I love living here. You got to go to a spring training game with me once. I did. It was the, it was the Dodgers um, organization. Yeah. Is that their state? Cause I, I, I got, the cause I got a spring training Dodger dog. Yeah. That's a good stadium too. I like this team. Um, probably not the one I'm going to go. They threw a play the Red Sox too. It was like something crazy. Probably. Well, the Red Sox don't do spring training here. Or do they do Florida? They do Florida. They're in Florida. Oh, I care. I definitely, it was definitely the Dodgers. Oh, it was definitely the Dodgers. Because we were at their, the Dodgers and A's share that stadium. And pretty sure it's the A's. Or maybe they played the A's. I don't know. But I've been to that stadium more than once. Not as many as, as the one near me. But yeah, love spring training. It's one of the great things about living out here. That's for sure. We're very, very lucky to have spring training. But yeah, all that content at Wrestling Realist, W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. You can find me at Greg DeMarco 4 for the websites at ChairShot Media for the ChairShot.com. Log on, read, listen, absorb so much more. It's all there for you at the ChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. And hey, We'll see what the world of pro wrestling. Maybe I will ask Patrick to watch NXT between now and next week so we can talk about NXT. We've talked about WWE. We've talked about AEW. Maybe next week we can talk about NXT. Who knows? Although, looking at the results and what they did, maybe last week's NXT would have been better to talk about because it had more going on. But who, they're also taping multiple episodes of NXT tonight because of the trip to, to Australia coming up. So, who yeah. knows? But anyway... We appreciate you listening. For Patrick Redoubt, I'm Greg DeMarco. Until next time, always use your head. Awesome! I came to... Okay. There's a price to pay. Time for you to get down on your knees. I came to... Okay. Acknowledge me. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.